Hola, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of A31 Comadres, where nothing's off the table cuando estás entre comadres. We are coming to you live. Well, maybe not live, actually. <laughs> we are coming well, to you we're from live. <laughs> Salad Bites yeah. Media Studio in beautiful Old Salinas, Town, Salinas, California. California. And we are very happy to be joined in studio by a beautiful powerhouse mujer. Please introduce yourself, guest. Hello, my name is Aram <laughs> Coronado. And I'm from Isalinas. Yes. Yeah, Isalas in the house. Where in Isalinas did you grow up? Were you like all over or kind was of, there? I would say I grew up in Williams. Okay. okay. Deep East then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. right there on that area. Oh, okay. Because I grew up in Isalinas as well, but we live like on Alisal. So I went to like Sherwood Elementary School. So like I always ask people like, oh, wait, what part of the East Side? Like what elementary school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, yeah. And then we live deep, deep in the East Side at a certain point. So to me, anything like, past like williams road like on williams or past williams is like the deep east side right yeah so like we lived in the deep east side and i went to alzacel middle school but both my brother and my sister went to washington mm -hmm. and i was like nah we were hella hood east side <laughs> go spartans yeah, <laughs> but yeah so we were inviting a beautiful miss aram onto the show because you are a powerhouse mujer in our community mm -hmm. girl and we're super happy to have you here. So first and foremost, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> of, course. of course. You work for an organization here in town called Milpa, correct? Yes. Yes. So tell us a little bit about Milpa and then a little bit about ab where you came from. You know, todo, todo juntito. Yeah. yeah, okay. How so it all came us. I will try story. to wrap it up in a nutshell. So <laughs> Milpa stands for Motivating Individuals, Leadership for Public Advancement. And we do a little bit of everything you know we're a grassroots organization we focus on advoc local advocacy you know um, we have folks working on the state level and folks working on the local level we're moving on to being regional so we have folks working in the santa cruz which is like watsonville area nice uh, the peninsula and south monterey county mm -hmm. we are you know meet by started in 2014 after the shootings of the four latino men that were shot and killed by salinas police department mm. our co-founders realized like hey there's something going on in our community the system is not going to help our people we have to do something about it so they started mm. organizing and they um came you know with with the milpa you know like uh milpa you know as often people see it as like a corn field of corns you know regardless yes. of how the big the fence is milpa is always going to grow over it you know over nice. those obstacles um so we're based on the tres hermanas philosophy which is corn squash and beans and the way that we put it in our work is ending mass incarceration dismantling the school to prison pipeline and building community people power and those are the three main north stars that's what that's what nice. our goals right damn girl you're talking fast but like you're Oh, dropping sorry. a no. gang of knowledge like, on like, it yes, don't talking, my notes down we are three minutes in y'all and schooled over here exactly pick up Sass. all the gems that are being dropped here Keep going. so wait okay so go <laughs> just i and I, I really want to like for people to really understand like how deep this goes right and so in regards to the name you mentioned that you're based on the philosophy of the three hermanas mm -hmm. which is corn beans and squash and so so I know a little bit about this because of, you know, I dabble in gardening here and there. <laughs> but essentially, una milpa are indigenous ancestors. Those of us that mm -hmm. are native to what is 
Mesoamerica, right? What is now known as like Mexico, Central America, and most of the Western part of the United States. They developed a method of farming, right? That was those three things they would harvest together or they would cultivate them together. So basically, and maybe you can help me out with this a little bit, but right, it's like you put the corn in the middle, right? And so that grows up really tall and strong. Mm -hmm. And then the beans wrap around the corn right and that allows for the beans to grow really nice and well Mm -hmm. and then beans take nitrogen from the soil but the corn provides nitrogen to the soil or it might be the other way around right something like that right i'm lost i'm just like yeah so the yeah (laughs) and then the squash is what takes up like the the kind of lower part or whatever of of the um kind of imagine in my head now okay yeah all right and so the way that the squash works is that it kind of grows like up and then to the sides right yeah Yeah, exactly so in order for each one of those things to thrive it Mm -hmm. needs the other ones and it literally supports each one of those vegetables supports itself on the other and but the centerpiece of that is the maize and so for our people like corn was given to the world by Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like our people right so that's yeah so when you say that like people need to understand like how deep that whole philosophy goes right Mm -hmm. and that goes way back to tenotitlan i mean we're talking about you know the mexica people right so yeah that's so beautiful i didn't even know that now i know that okay continue (laughs) your story (laughs) now you can go right (laughs) Yeah, so we use that philosophy, right? Because we have to understand our roots and where we come from. You know, for us doing this work, we have to take care of ourselves and we have to understand history because history repeats itself mm-hmm. one way or another. You know? Say so it louder. That's that's where people come from, you know, and, and that's what we have to learn. We have to learn about culture. We're big on culture, you know, on understanding our teachings or cultura and so forth. And so a lot of us and Milpa, we're all formerly incarcerated or system impacted one way or another either one of your family members were impacted by the system Mm. both directly or indirectly right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and we do that because you know we believe that those that are closer to the problem are closer to the solution you know we understand the other side of the system you know we understand the struggles that our people have to face Mm. so we do that you know we we connect culture we have different elders that come and you know that kind of ground us you know uh, because this work can be heavy it can be triggering it can be heavy but it's something that's very personal to all of us and if you're doing this work and it's not personal for you then are you going to give it your all yeah exactly like that rewarding feeling that you get at the end right yeah Yeah. shouts to the sister noelia from viviendas para todo she was the one who introduced me to the phrase she's like you know when you're she's like we need to bring people on who are experts in the need you know what I mean? And I always remember her saying that. And she was like, don't think that your situation is not beneficial to the cause. Because even if you're somebody in need, you know, you're you're an expert in the yeah. need. Like, so come and tell us how we can better service the community. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful philosophy to take. So and so you're so the you mentioned the three, you know, kind of pillars of Milpa are ending mass incarceration. Mental is go to prison pipeline and build community people power. Awesome. Okay. And so how do you uh, fit into all of this whole philosophy? What is your 
title? What do you do? How do you? Yeah. Yeah. So when we say mass incarceration, I just want to add a little history of Salinas. For sure. We have two prisons right outside Salinas within Mm -hmm. less than 50 mile radius. We have a new juvenile hall. We have a youth center. We Mm -hmm. have a new county jail. Mm -hmm. And we have a new police department. Mm -hmm. So we have all these institutions that are set there. But what is there for the people? Exactly. So Mm -hmm. going back a little bit to what your your question was. uh, My title, I'm the program leadership assistant at Milpa. I facilitate Ashley and Mujeres Circulo. Um, oh, so yeah. I facilitate youth groups. I also facilitate the Poshkali and any other youth groups that we have. So that's a little bit of what I do. And then also focus a little bit on the local policy advocacy. So the uh, advocacy here in Salinas. Okay. At the, nice. local, at the local level, yeah. right? Because you said, again, when you were mentioning uh, Milpa and the structural organization, there's both regional and there's work that's done not just at the local level, but also at the state level yes. as well, which I think is really, really important. And no, the more is. and more, you know, involved I get within the community and wanting to unpack the community locally, the more and more I realize that a lot of this has to come from, you know what I mean, the top. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's beautiful that the work is getting done there. And so you mentioned that um, everybody or almost everyone who works at Milpa is either directly or indirectly impacted by, you know, the system, right? So tell us a little bit about your story and how you were impacted by the system. Yeah, so, you know, I was born in San Luis Colorado, Mexico and raised in Isalinas by a single mother. Um, you know, I'm the youngest sibling out of eight that I can count on right on top of my head. Um, you You're know, all that we know that of. We Damn, know daddy. Of, yeah. <laughs> it was my dad's fault. <laughs> yeah. so, and what part of, you said San Luis Colorado? San Luis Colorado. Okay. Yeah. So okay. my mom's side of the family, they come from the peak Nayarit. Okay. Uh, okay. Puerto Peñasco in that area. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So a little bit like what, where I was going with my story is that, you know, my mom was a field worker and throughout my life, I've seen, you know, loved ones being incarcerated. I have at this time, I have a cousin that's doing 110 years to live and he's, Jesus Christ. he's younger than me. So he's 24. So throughout wow. my life, you know, I, I've seen people being incarcerated, getting incarcerated, you know, commit winning a lot of community violence. At the age of, age of 10, my mom tried to advocate for me. And she ended up getting a strike in child protective services for child endangerment, you know. And I was like, now that I, at that time, at the age of 10, I was like, there's something wrong with the system. Because if I wasn't a brown little girl, Mm -hmm. you know, if I was white, then that individual wouldn't have gotten only four years. So my mom advocated for me. She protected me as soon as she found out what was going on. Um, they gave her a, stri- a strike in child protective services. And wow. at the age of 10, I realized, like, F- something's system. going on. Something's going on. Yeah. Like, what is it? You know, after that, you know, once again, I witnessed a lot of community violence. Um, at the age of 15, 14, I entered uh, the juvenile justice system. And then from there, you know, they had my mom going through different programs. My mom was a single mother, you know, mm-hmm. so it was hard for her to attend those programs. And she mm-hmm. would get in trouble for it. Probation wouldn't understand that. So at the age of uh, 16, I entered the juvenile juvenile hall and I was removed. They gave my mom a second strike for child, uh, for t- in child protective services and I ended up in juvenile hall and in foster care. At 16? At 16. Oh, and so, what was your perspective of it? I mean, I know you said like at 10 years old, you felt like something was wrong, but like from your perspective at 16, because I mean, obviously in hindsight, 2020 yeah. at 16, you probably weren't doing some of the shit you were supposed to be doing yeah. and then doing a lot of <laughs> shit you weren't supposed to be doing for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you feel like the system that was there was there to help your mom to get you onto a better track or was it harder for her so what i was going to mention too was when i was 14 i have i had gone through another 
seen witness and going yeah. through another, you know, traumatic experience. My mom tried looking for help. My mom went to the school principal. Hey, my daughter needs therapy. She needs something. Can you please help us? The principal said, we don't have any type of those. We don't have those services. So my mom did try advocating for me. Wow. You know, she reached out to people, you know, made her phone calls like, oh, we'll call you back. But they didn't have, they didn't have any services like that to support me. At the age of 10, I guess it was more of like a feelings, you know, like, oh, I had like this anger inside of me, you know, like yeah. they're not going to help us. They're not going to support us, you know. Um, so even though my mom tried advocating, those services weren't in our communities. I take full responsibility of what I did when I was younger. I'm not going to say I didn't. I did it. You know, I got in trouble mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if there was resources in our community, possibly that could have been prevented. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it just uh, the reason why I asked that question is because I feel like a lot of the times the narrative that gets pushed forward when we lose people in our communities, when we hear, you know, the national heartbreaking stories of things that happen just up the street. You know what I mean? Sean yeah. Monterosa or, you know, Adam Toledo or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's take Adam Toledo, for example. One of the things that killed me that I saw on social media was like, well, where 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 was his mother? He's 13 years old, running the streets of Chicago. They live in this super dangerous neighborhood. Like, where the F was his mother? She must not care about I him. This, that, and the third. Like exactly. That. And it really bothers mm -hmm. me. And I was, you know, born in the 80s. The 90s raised me. So I grew up in East Salinas mm -hmm. in the 90s. So it was like rampant gun violence, police brutality, you know, state-sanctioned police brutality, fucking, you know, gang violence. That was really the height of it, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, in the 90s. And so I think about during that time also the lack of resources and services available to people that were impacted by you know the the very real things that were happening in our communities mm -hmm. right and i think about how much you know the the world is so quick to criticize parents but i don't but they're not quick to criticize the system and right. so here you're telling us the story and saying you know my mom was advocating for me but as a single mother of multiple children who worked in the field yes exactly yeah. who was you know what i Just mean working do, yeah. in the fields trying to who like probably yeah. living at or below the poverty line in you know what i mean in a neighborhood known for these types of things instead of her being met with resources oh, yeah. she's being met with obstacles taking obstacles. their daughter away yeah you know, she's and the system, sorry, the system has a big thing like, oh, we're going to take it away. We're going to put you in foster care. The best services ever. They don't know what happens behind closed doors in those foster care systems. Mm, yeah. They don't know what happens behind those closed doors when it's juvenile hall or how to what you had to wear or how you were treated or even when you get arrested, like even getting touched in an appropriate way by a police mm, officer, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like the system has a thing like, oh, we could be better parents that you can. But by the age of 18, I'm like, we're going to kick you out. And then you're going to be homeless because I had to go through that. I was homeless, too. And I know a lot of homeless youth out there that mm -hmm. I shared homes with them and they're out there lost, you know, and it's it's sad. Yes, there is an extended foster care, but you have to reapply for that. And a lot of youth don't know that. So even the resources that are available, there's gatekeeping, it sounds like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, there are things that are available, but we're not going to let you know that they're available. Mm -hmm. Someone somewhere along the line either needs to know it and share that information with you or someone needs to 
someone who knows what they're doing needs to advocate yes. for you, you know, so that you're able to get the resources that you need. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, you know, our parents just don't have the tools that are necessary to advocate for us in a necessary way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that doesn't make them bad parents. No, it doesn't. Like it, it, it really, really doesn't. And I, that's one of the things that really fucking bothers me about this system is that there are so many parents that are fundamentally good parents because they're trying their mm -hmm. best and you know you say one wrong thing you make one wrong move you fucking don't show up to one you know what i mean or whatever it is right and a lot of the times you're not met with resources you're actually met with criminality mm -hmm. right and so that's one of the things that we do here in the united states we criminalize the shit that we don't really like so like exactly yeah and again like you it's were been saying like that and has continued on like yeah, that but no sorry we keep interrupting you're like no, your story no, is great like, yeah, it's like, like <laughs> if she starts talking just talk over her <laughs> we already know this sorry we forgot to go through that shit. <laughs> no, no but, good. you know you didn't mention a good point like they do criminalize her folks they're criminalized for folks who being people of color mm -hmm. you know and, and it's very being poor is criminalized yeah mm -hmm. it is even that too like People usually say, oh, well, there's white folks that are criminalized. Yeah, because they fall under those cracks of poverty. Yeah. You know, so and that's that's a sad reality. So moving fast forward, you know, I ended up going being homeless and then couch surfing. And then um, I was a little stabled. And then that's when I got introduced to Colectiva de Mujeres. Mm -hmm. um, and that was in 20, 2015. 2015, for 2015, you know? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. they sat me down like, oh, uh, you know, Shai Cota. She was like, oh, come over. I've known Shai for a few years now. I went over, there was nothing but women. And there was like medicine burning. <laughs> and I was like, like, ¿Qué es esto? I'm like, what is that? That's so cool. Like, <laughs> that's super cool. I want to know what that is. I was like, but I have to sit in a city club with a woman. Like, mm, okay. <laughs> Let me think about that. You know, I was raised around men. My mom yeah. was always working. And then also the system did a great job as, you know, like kind of making me feel like it was my mom's fault, you know? Mm. Um, so I felt like that for, for a very long time. And I'm still working through that. But it's like, no, it wasn't my mom's fault. It was never my fault. It was the system's fault. If yeah. she had the service, she didn't have to work 12-hour shifts, you know. Yeah. She is a very lovable mom. You know, there's obviously a lot of questions that I want to make, but we're not ready to go there yet, so, you yeah. know. Um, but I understand her sacrifices. She joined us in the march. You know, so she's, your mom she's, has a strong yeah. voice. <laughs> I told her, I was like, who's that lady? Like, and I figured out later where you said it was your mom. I was like, oh, no, pues, si cierto. I see it. I see where she got it from. <laughs> yeah, so she's, she's a very, she's a chingona. She's a strong woman. You know, I really do look up to her. So where was I going? Going, moving on. Sorry, your mom is strong. She's a strong chingona. Yeah, no, then, but you were saying that, that the system made you believe that it was your, your mom's, mom's fault. fault. Yeah. yeah, that's how I felt for a long time. And then I realized like, it, it's, it's not my mom's fault so sitting down in a space with women i felt weird like i have this resentment towards women now i have to sit here with women i'm like all right but that's that thing right there looks pretty cool and i'm like and that's <laughs> copal cedar i learned later on yeah like that is cool so i'm gonna keep coming and later on i got a, a job with colectivo de mujeres helping people reduce their felonies to misdemeanors through prop 47 and then the Mujeres wasn't going to go on anymore. So then I got pulled into MIRPA. So I they I started with an internship, Prop 47 intern. And later on, I got hired. So it's funny that I say that I had that resentment towards women mm -hmm. because now I facilitate. I was going to say, you do <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it, it all started with, um, I started getting sick. You know, I, I was, there was something going on. And then 
one of the elders told me like, hey, you know what? That's everything you've internalized along the way that you need to work on. Mm. It's telling you that you need to face it. Ugh. Were and you like one feeling. of those? Did you? I had this happen. Okay. <laughs> did you go to the doctor and you're like, I have all these symptoms and then they run a whole bunch of tests or whatever and do all this shit. And they're like, no, we can't find anything wrong with you. Like, no, you know, was it, it one was, of those things? No, or No, it wasn't. And, and, and I'm going to say it as it is, you know, for women, when they hold a lot of pain a lot of sadness the a lot trauma. of anger we hold mm-hmm. it in our womb area yeah in our womb so exactly that's yeah that's, <laughs> i was like okay i'm having this i wouldn't stop menstruating mm-hmm. and i was like there's something going on like what's going on this is scary i had it for like three months straight like this is not cool oh my God. Yes. so i went to the doctors like i'm healthy like what's going on oh you're healthy except you know lack of hormones and then other cells and i'm just like okay that's super scary you know so i was yeah. like I was over here crying, all hysterical, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? And when I, that's when one of the elders told me that. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, I need to start working on that. No more bullshitting, mm-hmm. you know? So then I really started looking deep into, you know, into my my sadness, you know? Because as a human, it's easier for us to feel mad than to feel sad. Mm-hmm. You know, that sadness turns into anger. And yep. that's a coping mechanism that I had to do in order for me to survive. Yeah. You know, as a young woman in the, in the streets or a young woman, you know, growing up in Salinas, like I had to put that thing like, don't mess with me. Like, because I don't mess around like you that. Have that. And that also as a young woman navigating this system, mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it as well. Right. Yeah, because yeah. like I think innately our streets are tough because we're so impacted by the system. We think that we have to be tough. Yeah. But when we get deep down inside of it, come on now, you know, there was a senora down the street that was I was always like Portate bien, oh, señorita Iram. That's muy bonita <laughs> para no hacer esas cosas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much beauty in mm-hmm. our people, right? But there's also so many of us that have been impacted, again, both directly and indirectly. And we manifest and we have these mm-hmm. coping mechanisms in this way of like, I'm tough. Don't fuck with me. Don't to. fuck with my people. You and know I, what I mean? I had to do like, don't mess with my mom. Don't mess with any of my loved ones. I'm small, but don't mess yeah. with me. Chiquita pero picosa, eh? And and I say this very openly about what my body was going through because oftentimes between women, we don't have the conversation enough Mm -hmm. between with us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're taught like, oh, that's something you don't say. Like, hey, it's something that, you know, a lot of women have cancer, you know, they get cancer in their ovaries and so forth. It's like, that is something that's built up. We could look at it. This is what this elder told me. It's like you could look at it from an indigenous perspective or you could look at it from a Western perspective, a white men perspective. Mm. You could either go in there and be like, we're going to attack every cell and you're going to go through this and you're going to be on medicine with medicine. Or you could look at it from an indigenous perspective. It's a teacher knocking in your door mm-hmm. and it's telling you like, I'm here not for you to for me to stay, but I'm here for me to go. But here's what you need to learn. Like, kind of learn a lesson Ooh, from it. Like, look, I like that. Dude, I like I that. that. Like, yes. I'm, if I'm staring at you like I'm in love, I'm sorry, girl. But I'm just like, keep <laughs> talking. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I, I love that. Yes. Say that again. I'm, okay. I'm going to need to write this down <laughs> real quick. Can everyone listening, escucha muy bien. Repeat it one Let's more time. Say. Weird. Say what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> exactly no, say exactly. No, say it. Um, so basically, it's like we could look at it from an indigenous perspective, or mm-hmm. we could look at it from a Western perspective. No, but that part about like knocking no, on the door, I'm here to stay, or I'm here to go. Like, oh, yes, I love that. That part, though. But Wait, that, no, part. that part. Okay. Okay. Let me fast forward to that part. <laughs> that part, though, with so. the clapping hands on Instagram. <laughs> so, do you want it for it to stay or for it to go? You know, like as a teacher, that either you're gonna grab it or you're gonna take leave it you know so i'm like i'm gonna grab it for a bit learn from it and then i'm gonna let it go 
you yes. know that's the way I looked at it it's like but if you do that you know yes of course you always have to go to the doctor you know but there's something in there that you need to tackle and uh, it's been and it, 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 it was hard like, I, was I just, feel that <laughs> yeah and I had to look at it too like you know I have a little one I have a soon to be three year old in August 27th I was Happy like I early birthday yeah, to Virgo. <laughs> baby. and you know even being a mother like I had to learn that attachment with my own mm-hmm. son because I can see the system did that very well too the way I was detached from my mom emotionally and physically mm-hmm. I it's I'm rebuilding that relationship with mm-hmm. her you know and that's a relationship with my son like I love you I really do love you I'll give my life for you but there's something that I need to work on, and that's that attachment to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like the system doesn't only take you away physically, but emotionally, spiritually. Like, it just kills your spirit. Yeah. Um, so it tries I, to. It tries to, you know? It it's like, tries to. You know, so I have to go back to, to that, and, and I've been tackling a lot of things that I'm currently still working on, you know? And I could say that. From one of our one of our theos, one of my my well my my one of our elders, Theo Smiley, he he told me like Theo Smiley, has, I like yeah, that because <laughs> we are from Isolinas like, after all, bitch. Like, I have a cousin Smiley, <laughs> but you know what? The homegirl listening in East LA, she's got a Theo Smiley too, yep. and you know what I'm saying? That's like universal. Yeah, the sisters Sorry, listening in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, no, yep. listen up to his radio station KSFR on okay. Friday night. KSFR yes, on yes. Friday nights. All yes, right. So Friday nights on KSFR, Saturday night sesh on <laughs> KHGC. <laughs> but yeah. So he told me like, Mija, like you have the power enough to heal yourself. He's like, every human mm, does that. Everybody yes. human has that power to heal itself. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. Because you don't understand. Like, I understand. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to say this because I just found out before the show. Like, this is my this is my Sagittarius sister right now, guys. Yes. Okay, <laughs> We have the same fucking birthday. So that's why I feel the fire within her stomach just fucking go up in her like is puro facts ahorita okay yes. and i love it but i understand like what you're saying though is because like last year obviously covid opened up our eyes to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. i had the opportunity to do a gamble ceremony mm-hmm. and that was that i remember i think you were supposed yeah. to go with us yes, yes and i couldn't we have to but it's like ayahuasca but like a little bit more down mm-hmm. and that shit will literally like make you purge and make you realize and i remember an elder came up to me and i i was the only one who couldn't throw up I was so scared. Get well. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like the elder looked at me. He was like, he grabbed my hands. Like, can I touch you? Because COVID, you know, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. He's all, let go. Like, you need to learn how to let go. You can't be strong. No manches, dude. After he said that, no sé qué me dio chille. I cried. Mm-hmm. Because it's, sometimes it's those messages that you need to hear, right? And it's someone that and doesn't know exactly you. Exactly. When a complete stranger comes up to you and tells, drops some knowledge on you or whatever like that, sometimes you're just like not ready to receive mm-hmm. it. But when you're ready for it, it's such a fucking download, dude. Yeah. dude. It's such a level up. Like in my head, like you're telling that story. And then like in my head, it's like, here, level up, <laughs> level up, level up, level up. No, <laughs> in her fucking closet, shaking her titties. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. No, but yeah, you're still smiley. Like he was completely right. Like we have that fire. All of us have that fire that we yes. need to learn how to be like, I'm here. I'm not gonna make this shit go away anytime soon. Como me invitaron, ya sabe cómo me pongo. Yeah, no. So yeah. he he mentioned that and I was like, oh, yeah, tío, whatever. He said, like, No, I'm serious. And he came with the book and it and a book with like it explains the umbilical cord and the way that I'm like Ooh. it went very cosmic and I was like okay so I had gone to Theos with Theos Smiley because I was like I 
need to take care of myself. I need ceremony. You know? Yeah. Yes. So I want to go take care of myself. And, and um, did you sweat? Yeah. I nice. sweat. Oh, we all look at yeah. it. Yes, I missed yes, that. I had to. And, um, you know, after that, I can say that my health has been getting way better. And it's just like, okay, I... I'm enjoying working with mujeres now, you know, like, I'm, okay, I know. Okay. I get it now. You know, I, power, I, need that, I need that water. You know, I was yes. drowning mm. and mm. very, I was just drowning and I was just like, okay, well, no, you know what? I am trying to build this relationship with women and I'm doing that. And I, it's a learning experience. Like creator put me here working with young mm. mujeres. Cause there's a funny thing. I facilitate Ashley. And for the, those who yeah. don't know, explain. explain. Okay, no, it's okay. <laughs> because everyone here, we all know yeah. what it is. Pero yeah. para todos los que, que no oigan, están escuchando. Están escuchando. Pues y obvio. <laughs> cabrona. If you're watching us. <laughs> so she naturally is, a, is by NCN. Um, and it's a 12-week curriculum. We meet once a week. And it's for young women ages 14 to 24. And we go based on indigenous practices. You know, we have mm. conversations ranging from um, our sacred body, sacred me, to boundaries, to knowing the signs of domestic violence, to, you know, reproductive health and reproductive justice. Um, we have different conversations, you know, so it ranges from there. And they're all attached to, once again, indigenous practices. Like, for example, we have a session that's talk about boundaries, right? So we attach it to our chimal or shield, right? Yeah. And we basically go, like, what does it mean to us when we talk about boundaries? So that's what she naturally is. And it's a rite of passage, it's, yeah, correct? Yeah, it's a rite yes. of passage, uh, sisterhood, and all, you know, all the good stuff. So the funny thing about she naturally is that the first time I heard about she naturally, I was, I was like 15, 14, 15 around that time, and patients sent me over there. And I go in, there's like, and I see nothing but young women. Mind you, I <laughs> would hang out with, I and I was like, I mind you, I grew up with men, so You're I would hang out. man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would hang out with boys. I used to wear sweats, boxers, you know, yeah. I was one of the boys, you know? And so what ended up happening is I, I go in there and they're like, I go in there, there's nothing but young women. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, F that. I'm not going to be here. And I was like, oh, sit down. And I was like, no, what is this? They're like, she nashni. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to be here. So I stood up and I walked out and I got ended up getting in trouble for that. Um, and then years later, like, oh, you're going to get trained for Shinashti. I was like, oh, that's a funny story. So <laughs> I'm with like you. See, creator brought you back to it. Yeah, like, mira, aquí estamos otra vez. Every single time I'm around, I'm around youth, I, I tell them like that funny story. Like, if you guys don't want to be here, it's if you all don't want to be here, that's OK. I understand. I was one of those youth that didn't want to be here, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's one of the things I also facilitate. I wish we had that when we were younger, though. I know. Like, I I have, uh, like, kids nowadays are hella lucky they got all this cool stuff going on and i learning. always think about that i think about when i was gonna ask you this question when you started to have positive female role models in your life how much did your life change a whole lot to be honest like, <laughs> when you and and also when you started to develop your own healthy relationships with females how much did your life change it changed a lot like i'm telling you even my health reflected on it like mm -hmm. my health guys stopped the whole bleeding everything i was like oh, okay like we go yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, i needed you, you know? a long time ago before you had all my life <laughs> you know um so yeah that definitely did bring a lot of the way I think now is just like, okay, I'm more compassionate towards other women. Mm -hmm. You know, I know where that comes from. Like, it wasn't just 
the sister making me think about that like for my mom it was also other women in my life that also hurt me along the way yeah. you know here's another thing too like i used to say this a lot like men in my life hurt me but they also protected me mm. women in my life hurt me but they didn't protect me and then i got checked real quick they're like they just didn't know how to protect you or they couldn't protect you yeah. mm. and that's a big difference like yeah. our women go through so much and sometimes they don't know how to hold space for you you yeah. know they don't know how to be there for you because they didn't have that so it's like, how am I going to break that? Because I'm also an aunt, you know? Yeah. I'm also a mom, yeah. you know? And, and how am I going to carry on that on? So men in my life hurt me, but they also protected me. Women in my life hurt me, but they just didn't know how to protect me, you know, even though they wanted to. Yeah. Like to show like their feelings and validate mm-hmm. them. I see. I, I totally understand that. Mom, I love you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I It reminds me of the beautiful story. Um, Yosimi Reyes, poet and and among other things, he has a short story and he talks about um, how his abuelita's house was always like a safe haven for his tias mm-hmm. to come. You know what I mean? Whenever they had problems with their with their partners and stuff like that. Right. And he says, you know, abuelita always advised them to go back because in her eyes, a man or a um, single woman in the United States with children was mm-hmm. just like, yeah you know like the worst thing or whatever right and like i think about that too you know what i'm saying like the advice the very bad advice that some women very lovingly gave us yes Mm. and do you see what i'm saying like it that that advice of like go go back because this is not a place for a single woman with children to be like on mm. you know you're melanated and undocumented and you're gonna be without a husband like trust me you're better off like you know what i'm saying and yeah. it's just like in their minds they really do feel in their hearts that they're giving you really good advice mm-hmm. you know and i think about that now now i'm very careful about who i solicit my advice from yeah, because I think about all the times that my ma- my mom got really bad advice from people who meant very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that you know we definitely have to have that we're we you know the system installs so many fears, and that's the way the system wants us. You know, because we know how powerful we can all be when we all work together. Yeah, you know? yeah. Look we're, at how you're healing yourself. <laughs> yeah, and also doing this work is definitely healing. You know. And I'm just going to touch base a little bit of the death of Gerardo. It, it's healing in its way. It's triggering, but it's 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 healing, you know, um, the way <clears> I'm <throat> able to hold space for their family, um, the way that I could see, the way the community gets together. And not support me, but, but support the family and support the community. Because mm, I think yeah. that March was like I told the family, like, you know, they're here. All these people here are here to support you in solidarity yep. with you. Yep. And seeing that and seeing so much community there, I was just like, this is exactly what healing is about. Mm-hmm. This healing can come in in many different ways and forms, you yeah. know. And for people who don't know, for our listeners, you know, um, across the country and also para todos los que nos están escuchando desde México, porque sabemos que tenemos mucha raza allá en México que nos está saludos. escuchando. Sí, saludos. Este, recientemente y muy desafortunadamente, you know, we had another state sanctioned killing. Like, let's call it, let's call it what it is, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, right here in Salinas, California, the local fucking jura killed a member of our community young 19 year old monolingual the biggest Zapotec. Gang, right? exactly the biggest fucking gang in the city went out there and killed another community member and this time they they took from us a 19 year old Zapotec boy um and he was a monolingual speaker he didn't speak spanish he spoke his indigenous language mm-hmm. Zapoteco, and 
Yeah, and irregardless of the fucking story and the narrative that the bullshit fucking cops are putting and fuck the local fucking papers who are pushing that fucking narrative as well, irregardless of it, like of whatever they, however the fuck they want to justify it. Taking the life of somebody, in my opinion, having the resources available to you and the training available to you to try and de-escalate a fucking situation to, you know what I mean? None of that was used. None of that was implemented. None of that was fucking employed. And it wasn't because when they look at people that are black and brown in our community, they see us as less than and they see us as fucking expendable. And we know good and goddamn well that if this was a white monolingual speaker from russia or fucking whatever fucking country exactly in south salinas and bring them to fucking burger and i think we've seen that on the national level too we see mass shooters coming out and coming out with guns with guns with with actual fucking assault weapons you know what i mean and that's the thing here in salinas we've lost three youth in a row you know and after the death of George Floyd, it definitely sparked a big national movement. But like I always say, we don't have to look far to see what's been happening here in Salinas. Since 2014, we've lost nine mm-hmm. people of color all in the same area code in the east side of Salinas. And in nine, 905. And guess what? For people who want to talk shit, the city of Salinas collects the most motherfucking taxes from where? The 93905. Yes. So it's the east side that pays for everything up in this bitch all we we pay for all this shit Mm -hmm. don't get that shit twisted for people who want to go there and Mm -hmm. talk about that like let's get it all the way fucking straight and it's Mm -hmm. all agriculture workers you know Mm -hmm. all people of color that are in the alisa area this is our third youth that we lose in a row we had Joel Rodas in 2016 was also a 16 year old that was going through mental health situation. Just babies. Um, we yeah. had Brenda Rodriguez Brenda, that Brenda was also Mendoza. 19 years old yeah. going through postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And then we had Gerardo Martinez Chavez, who's also a 19 year old killed in Salinas in the hands of Salinas Police Department, which they get 43 percent of our budget. A lot of folks <sighs> are just coming out like, oh, you know, the. The radical people know, like, we don't have to wait for it to be your son for you to stand with the community. Like I've always said, like, regardless of the narrative that the Salinas Police Department is putting out there, we should always stand with the people. Regardless if this young man had to be begun, regardless. No, they're trained for a reason. Like you mentioned, they didn't try to negotiate with them. They were outside for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's what came out of the Salinas Police Report. And they didn't even negotiate with them. And even when we, I went with the parents to the district attorney's office because they wanted me to go with them. I told them they don't really speak Spanish. You know, they speak Zapoteco. And they're like, oh, do you have an interpreter? They're like, no. Um, I was like, well, can their sister go with them since she speaks a little bit more Spanish to interpret? interpret? And they're like, no, they can't, only the parents. And then one of the, one of the investigators tried to make a joke out of like, oh, we used to have a mixteco person that here they used to talk spanish and he was white and he learned his language the language by himself and, and, and i'm just funny? like and i'm just like they're not understanding anything wow. and i was like okay really like they don't even have that in the county area now here in salinas they get 43 percent of our budget and they can even have the interpretation for the people that they're supposed to protect and serve they get more than more, they have the biggest budget ever you know and they're crying yeah. because we we got 1.39 million dollars away taken away from them oh my god defund the police da, 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 da. like you know what? You give what you get. If you're investing in our community, do that community will be thriving, exactly. thriving. There's no community investment at mm. all. Um, and we get a lot of a lot of, you know, pushback. But we, there's how do we tell parents that there's going to be justice for this? Yeah. You know, and I think that's the hardest part. 
So what I mean by healing is just standing mm. next to the parents and letting them know that we're there for them. We you know in the March, Brenda Rodriguez Mendoza's mother showed up. Yeah. And in the she viewing, was oh, she wow. was there. Yeah. And in the viewing, Carlos Mejia's brother, the oh. of, he showed up in the viewing. Wow. Like my heart just like, oh my God. Yes. And it's just like, we have all these people. Like, how many more people do we have to lose in the hands of police for us to realize? And I've seen all over Facebook, oh, well, he should have known better. Oh, with the whoop. And I'm just like, even our own people. Yeah. Even our own people that, that are supposed oh, to be on I our side. I hate that. that. I've seen I that all on that. Twitter. It's just like, you know what? With it's the just, Velasquez, the, Gomez, yeah. Garcia, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, fucking last names. And, and I'm just like, like shame on you, bro. Like, and no. it's just like, you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of even other organizations didn't show up. And I'm just like, you're not here supporting me, but you're here supporting to support the, the family and exactly. the community. Exactly. It doesn't matter if one of us organized it. We're mm -hmm. organizing because the parents asked for it. Yeah. The parents even said, like, when are we doing this again? Wow. You know, like, and screaming. Let us know, sis. Because yeah. you, know, <laughs> you already know the comadres yeah. will come through. You were all I the got, first ones there. Yeah. <laughs> I got my, well, as a brown beret, soldada, like, I had mm -hmm. one my my capitana show up like we were doing the security at the Mexico market yeah and i was like yo are we gonna mm -hmm. go so all of us showed up three of us but at the end of the day like when just i'm terminando allá, everyone else came over yeah. so everyone saw it and it was like you know the people that came out of the community it was beautiful it really yeah. was beautiful it was like that energy you can feel everyone just mm -hmm. there and then mm -hmm. i couldn't stop crying <laughs> i'm like a yeah. big chillona yes. so i definitely ugh. also want to shout out all the organizations that was stood there with us yeah yes you know um CBDIO, CLO, Boktun 12, yeah. um, Reinvest 831, you know, Community Before Cops, you yes. know, you all were there too, yeah. Thank you, so you know, and all the other organizations that I'm not naming right now that stood in solidarity. Members with, of Monterey County Solidarity yes, Coalition. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yes, they were all there. And it's and just Los Santos that came from the Mexica market. That all came, yes. The Brown Berets, you know, and, yep. you know, people that came far just to support the family, you know, and mm -hmm. this is what I mean, like, Regardless if the person was on the wrong or not, I'm not saying Gerardo was because he was not on the wrong. We should never stand against the family because exactly. this, this is a systematic issue that's been happening for years and it's going to keep happening and it keeps repeating itself. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's one thing from, you know, California is one of the four states that does not hold cops accountable when they overuse their power. Yep. So we there's this uh, Senate Bill 2, I believe that's what that's the name of the bill that can hold police accountable, kind of take away their their badge. Yeah. Um, a declassification, declassification right? yes. mm -hmm, of their badge. Yeah. I think the other one that's important that I think is like important legislation to like push forward. Right. is not just the declassification, but also holding them like accountable. Right. Like being yes. able to mm. sue them. Like I don't we should end their What is it? Something impunity. I forget the fucking terminology for it. Um, well, I'm still waiting for when. Sorry to interrupt, but some shit happened in front of my apartment. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys <laughs> qualified impunity. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Cop, we need to end that shit. A cop car ran like literally there was like seven, eight cop cars in front of my apartment at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Some shit was going on. No, said my stepson, my bonus. I'm sorry. He woke me up. He was like, Mama Jackie, something's going on. I was like, get down. I see guns. Yes. That's the first thing I see, you know, like get down. Anyways, the cop car drove so freaking fast up to my husband's car that was parked in the street, hit my husband's car. Wow. Hit, hit it right of so course. i saw him taking pictures of his car which i myself and my husband have had some issues run-ins with, with the law yeah, exactly <laughs> run-ins you know unfortunately and my husband being a army vet that's the thing that sucks too 
but they didn't care that he, mm. you know, fought for their country. Anyways, um, it's otra historia. And then anyway, so I see the cop taking pictures and my husband tells me, hey, they're taking pictures of my car. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I go out there <laughs> with one eyelash, whatever. I'm getting ready <laughs> all for, falling to the all side. Falling, I'm, like, fall asleep, like, you know, I'm already dead to the world, you know? And I'm like, um, excuse me, like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, why are you taking pictures of my car? Oh, and he kind of looked at me like, oh shit, she came out, right? I was like, yeah, I'm going to come out. I pay your fucking salary. Like what's yeah. going on? <laughs> And then he's all like, oh, well, you know, when we came up to the, you know, the vehicle, the police, whatever, whoop-de-whoop, whatever, he literally opened up his car door, his police car door, hit my husband's car in the back. There's a dent from the police officer. Mm. We were going to get all his information and he was going to tape it to my door. Where is that information at? No, where is that? Gonna get there. I'm no. never gonna, and my husband's like, maybe you should come. I'm like, babe, let's be honest. Nothing's going to happen. Not, for real. Nothing's going to happen. No. So, and, yeah, that's I mean, that's something <laughs> small, but yeah, I mean, it's a reflection yeah. of that, you know, and the leads are all this, this police department are also coming with like, we are going to train the community how to respond when they <laughs> see Puta us. Madre. And I was like, first of all, you can't come out here telling us how when you have no respect, you have no, the community does not trust you, you have no relationship with our community. You're going to come tell us here. Obviously, your tactics have not worked. Yeah, um, no. It's time for you all to listen to us, listening, listen to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need more, more mental health services. And people that are actually training de-escalation, not police officers that are no. just got this one little training. Because you know what? If any community, for example, my nephew, he's uh, he goes to Santa Rita Elementary School, one of the only districts in Salinas that has school resource officers, other known mm-hmm. as cops, in their schools. And I asked him, do you feel safe? And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, how do you feel safe? He's like, no, I'm just joking. And he's like... They told us to say that, but I don't feel safe because they have a gun right there and anybody can grab. Mind you, they have this you is a little know, one talking. A little one talking. He was in um, right here in the Santa Rita Elementary School, and then it's just like you're telling these kids to say that. Like, are you serious? And not only that, you're going in there with a gun, knowing that there's gun, quote unquote gunfire violence, as you all labeled it here, yeah. and you're going in there with a gun. <laughs> and when <laughs> we heard them at the um, at the school district one time. One of uh, a physician, you know, a um, he was a doctor. He went in there. He's like, you know, when we go into surgery, we dress up with our blue uniforms. But when we are around our kids, our community members, we have cartoons on our uniforms and stuff. Is there a way that you could compromise your uniform? Kids see guns. They're scared. Yeah. And they're not scared because of community. Mm -hmm. They're scared because of the mass shootings that have been happening by Selena's police department. And it's just like this police chief goes in. There's like, we're not going to compromise the life of our of our police officers and because eight-year-olds are so fucking scary and you know what there's Mm. no proof that shows that they actually stop a mass shooting from happening there's no data on that Mm -hmm. at all yeah they say that was (laughs) one of that was one of the things that they were trying to say that (laughs) school resource officers being present on campus would deter mass shootings from happening and they were trying to like play into that yeah but it's like you can't just come up with that fucking statement out of the fucking sky (laughs) bitch like you know what i mean like like, what the fuck like are you serious Show me data to support that there's that none. claim. There's wow. none actually school suspensions, and that's one of the things we work for, like ending any the school to prison dismantling the school to prison pipeline. Yeah, because we know the first one of the first institutions that our youth uh, go through is school. That's a, that's an institution itself, mm-hmm. and Just that's like why I'm trying to homeschool my daughter, motherfuckers. <laughs> And, you know, the way they criminalize our folks is is just very sad. And they're going to continue to do that. It's upsetting. And we don't have the way for it to be our son or daughters to have to go through that for us to do something about it. Just any loved one, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ay, no. Sí, well, I'm, all, I'm all fired up right now. I'm like, let's go. Where, what's let's the next go ride? Out, let's go right now. <laughs> but you know what? I also think that that's why it's so important for us to to have events like that for the community, like that march for mm-hmm. for you know Gerardo, and to hold space for you know not just his memory, but also for his family, right? Because I think that the people who benefit the most from those types of things are the people who are present right then and there, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who get the medicine. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who partake in that. They're the ones who feel that. You know what I mean? And like someone can write an article or live stream it or tell you, but I can't describe to you the way that it felt to watch Reyes in his brown beret uniform hold roses Mm. to the forehead of the mother of Gerardo Martinez Chavez and pray over her. Mm -hmm. There's no way for anybody to capture that moment in words, song, fucking picture it doesn't matter you know what i mean you have to be there exactly yeah you have to be there the energy with beautiful with the virgen de guadalupe mexican flag Mm -hmm. fucking waving in the background you know what i mean like there's no way for you to experience that unless you experience that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so thank you so much for the work that you do within our community you're an amazing person so grateful to have you it's a collective thing we all do it together yeah that's true. Plus, we you're Sagittarius. You're my like birthday sister. <laughs> Mas but, mejor. <laughs> but some of us carry more libras than others. I'll just say <laughs> that, right? So, yes, I think this is a beautiful time for us to start to wrap it up with our usual eight three one comadre questions. And so, so we know already Obviously, that you're a Sagittarius. You're a beautiful flame. <laughs> I love it. Could you please bless us with a book recommendation? So we ask all of our guests about maybe the book that you are currently. reading reading or a book that you have read in the past that has had a really significant impact on you and we will add that title to our bookshop.org reading list cool so the book is between the world and me and is basically the being brown or being black in the united states mm-hmm. you know what are our obstacles what do we go through you know on the daily day basis like you don't know if your son's going to come back home yeah. What could happen out there, you know, by the system, things that happen in, within the system. So it's a beautiful book. Beautiful book. There's also like an HBO movie to yeah. it, yeah. but the book is way better. <laughs> yeah. And it's called Between the World and Me. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right. And we will add that title to our bookshop.org reading list that you can access from the LinkedIn link in our bio on our IG. That's 831 underscore comadres on Instagram. And as always, we will wrap up our 831 comadres episode in true you fashion with uh, <laughs> regalos y cargas. I'm all looking see. at you. Yes. you okay, <laughs> I'll go first. Let's see. This week, I'm thinking back about I like on Saturday of this week, I'm going to wrap up like a big thing, (laughs) a big project that I had in my life. And I'm like so proud of myself because I'm like, a bitch still got it. You feel me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that is like one of my regalos. And let's see. Gosh, I'm all over the place. Sorry. I had a beer, y'all. <laughs> I started with my regalo and now I'm trying to think about my carga. You know what? Actually, no. My regalo was a Saturday night at the Bearded Bean was fucking amazing. Saturday night was just amazing in general. Your girl didn't have the baby. 
<laughs> it's the pregame started kind of early. Met up with friends. Mm-hmm. If you didn't catch La Sofa Queen live at the Bearded Bean, I feel sorry for your ass because you <laughs> missed out. The house was fucking popping. And then, you know, I had to meet up with my bestie afterwards. Hey. Uh, uh, Frenchie's house and ended the night. <laughs> spectacularly at three o'clock in the fucking morning and dude pat was a fucking soldier for that fucking yes. he never stays up that late he never exactly but he, so shouts to pat for staying up late <laughs> and again just ending the night in spectacular uh, fashion i love the way i ended my night anyhow it was oh, so amazing i had to sleep on frenchie's couch <laughs> i'll just sip on my coffee sip that tea bitch <laughs> and my carga is fuck we're getting Dude, I hate fucking paying my rent at the beginning of the month. You want to know why? Because we live on stolen land, bitch. That shit, it just fucks with me. (laughs) Anyway, the bills is due. That's my carga, and we'll keep it moving. I go ahead. Okay, Uh, okay, I'll start with my carga. I wait. Um, this week. I don't know if it's a carga or a regalo, but whatever. My supervisor has been out this whole week. And <laughs> she said, I don't know if it's a carga or a regalo. No, like, I love my supervisor. She's hella cool. But when she's If you're out, listening, I love you, nah, I swear. No, she knows. She knows. But when she's out, I told her, I text her, you can no longer take vacation because. Not for this long. Not for this long because, girl, everyone, everything falls on me sometimes. I'm just like, hold on. Then there's two new girls, which are, they're super sweet. And I know they're still learning. It's a lot, you know, working at a doctor's office. And. They overthink a lot of things. I'm like, no, don't overthink. And then they ask me. And then, like, I try so hard to be like, I'm at work. I can't go crazy. You know, I try to be like, oh, okay, it's okay. Two plus two is four. Let's do it again, you know? So that's been, like, kind of stressed off because I haven't been doing my work at work. I've been just watching them mm-hmm. or, like, taking care of things. Or then they ask me, hey, can you do this? Because usually they're asking me what my supervisor does. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I got you. Gotcha. <laughs> so anyway, so that's my my carga. So that's why, I mean, it feels nice that people trust me and like, you know, feel comfortable telling me things or, you know, like they, they told me like, I feel comfortable when you watch me doing this because I don't feel like, oh my God, am I doing this wrong? And you're like, kind of like very patient. I'm like, I'm patient. I'm like, girl, <laughs> like, girl, you better get it together quick. <laughs> you need to be patient. But anyways, I love my coworkers. They're all like super sweet and they're learning and thank you for being patient with me. Anyways, that's my carga. <laughs> my regalo. I wait. I don't know what my regalo is, dude. Honestly, I want to say Saturday was a good vibe. It was a really good vibe. I had, we started early, you know, kind of pre-gaming it. I smile. It was such (laughs) a good vibe. (laughs) I'll never forget. (laughs) Let's just say Pat's face was fucking hilarious. (laughs) That's it. That's all I'm going to say. But other than that, it was really fun. I love spending time. Like, you know, obviously, like, I don't even consider you or Eva, like, my best friends. I consider you guys my sisters. And that's the thing. When you were all together, it's like... We, okay, let's just say there was a picture of Sam, <laughs> which I want to get that picture. Follow the IG, yes, y'all. there's a picture of them, like, sleeping comfortably on my boobs. <laughs> That's how it ended. It was a great night. Well, it kind of started, but yeah. it was really fun. It was really fun. I just love spending time with, like, my family. Yeah. You know, it's a good time and good vibes and good energy. And we saw Sewa. 
So it all was really stuff. nice. But yes, <laughs> all the good stuff. Onto you. Good. So I just, I just noticed we have like matching. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> We're such a Sagittarius. I know. I was like, <laughs> matching tattoos? No, no. Matching toenails. And, oh, yeah. I see. I was like no, going Matching like this. nail colors. I was I like see. going I was like this, like, moving okay. my toes, and I look at her nails, and I look at my toes, and I was trying to get her attention. <laughs> she was like in her store, and I was like, oh, I'll just tell her later. <laughs> No, you were talking about it. Like, yeah. like, oh. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I always so put cute. my nails on your toes. Let's, <laughs> let's get a picture and put it on the Instagram when we post about your episode. Yeah, so yes. my baggage, my mom was actually here for over a month. Um, She lives in Arizona. So oh, okay. it was good having her over. You know, I definitely love spending time with her. She's a Sagittarius too. Really? <laughs> she's November 24th. Oh, she's the she's a November Sag. She's a November Sag. See, they're a whole different breed though. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> always says that. <laughs> it's true. Bro. See, December Sagittarius, we're different. We don't, I mean, not that I'm saying November Sagittarius are any, like, worse or December's whatever. Are better, but They're just yeah. different. Thank yeah. you. She said it. <laughs> I thought it. She said it. Yeah. So, she, we're so much alike, you know, but I definitely, you know, she's she was definitely a lot helpful. And so, obviously, you know, building that relationship with her was great. We didn't crash as much, so I really appreciated that from her. You know, I love my mother, so I had to drop her off at the airport, so that's my baggage. I dropped her off, like, two days ago, and I'm barely, barely mm. hitting me, like, oh, I miss my mother. Um, So, my my gifts is that I get to clean the way I like cleaning. I don't, I don't <laughs> anyone Because when mom's around, you're like, all right, whatever, I'll just like, do I it. Like, I can't do anything around here. And she feels the same way, you mm-hmm. know? So, it's, it's definitely, I get to clean and, you know, spend personal time with my little would you know because i have to share with my mom and I was like, okay, <laughs> but, you know um those are definitely my gifts and i'm looking forward to um, the rest of the week so damn you're such a mexican she said i get to clean the way i want to <laughs> yes, <laughs> i love it yes porque ya sabes como son las mamás y las suegras tienen como cierto modo you know what i mean like yo like make everything the way you want it and they're walking and they're like hay hay que organizar aquí porque no no ex- exactly <laughs> yeah. some shit like that oh hey my Dios mom will santo. be calling me la casa limpia mija and I'm like yes mom like, Jesus Christ the dishes all not done <laughs> <laughs> they're like ni parece que limpiaste yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember my mom had this special thing. She's like, mm, tú nomás limpiaste donde puede ver la suegra. That was like a thing for like, you just like kind of like picked up. You didn't really yeah. clean, clean. Me I was like, all right, but I love you too, mom. Anyhow, thank y'all so much for listening to this episode of 831 Comadres. And if you want to learn more, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram. That is the platform underscore comadres yes and that is the platform that we are you know most active on so if someone wants to know more about you miss item where could they find you you're at the meetup offices <laughs> uh, my email <laughs> yes yeah, i mean they yeah can look no me but at, yeah. get to even you know to connect more with like the community how they can help out man you, do you need an intern girl use this platform i'm just saying (laughs) check out meetbacollective.org check us out you know my bio's there my contact information is there Mm -hmm. you want to get involved let us know we're always we're open arms you know we the more people we have the the better we are the more community we can we have and if you want to know more about the women's circle that item facilitates go ahead and check out the milpa instagram page mm-hmm. because they every yes. wednesday right? and twitter every is usually the last wednesday of the month the last oh, wednesday, last of wednesday. Of the month. Oh, okay, we're cool. gonna have to like organize the 831 comadres fucking recording schedule around the last wednesday of the month so we can <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until next time y'all peace adios